0: You're listening to Two Old Chuffs, A Tale of Two Hospices. I'm Tamsin Thomas.
1: And I'm Gina Stones.
0: Gina, it is so good
1: to hear your xylophone back in action.
0: How are you?
1: I feel my xylophone is a little rusty, but we're okay now at this end. We're fine. It's good to hear you too, Mrs. So here we are, um, not actually able to sit in the same room, which feels really odd. No eye contact. Um, Where are you?
0: Um, I'm in
1: an office just behind reception at Mount Edgecombe. I have a very nice outlook out the window and um, lots of bees I notice are around today. So I have a nice um, outlook today, but in the hospice at Mount Edgecombe.
0: Lovely. And I'm sitting in my kitchen in Cornwall. I'm looking out on the garden. I've noticed more bees. Mm. The birds have really taken over the garden now. I've got blackbirds and uh, little thrushes, all sorts of things. And at the weekend I had a squirrel visit. I have never seen a squirrel in the garden before.
1: That's quite impressive, I have to say
0: having said that how are the squirrels at Mount Tischkin hospice i who are usually enormously fat because they get fed so well by our they patients are. and their families
1: and um, and they, they are still here and um well fed and around the other side of the hospice so people are still bringing in um bird feed and nuts and um yeah they're still um no problem there. I don't think with anybody disappearing.
0: Fantastic, but uh, Gina, this is a very odd world we're in. Let's explain. That's why we're sitting in two different places. Um, our lives, in a way, have been turned upside down. I can't begin to imagine how different the the life must be for you and for all those key workers who are still operating on
1: our front lines. Yeah, it, it is very different for, for us here at the hospice um, and. Different in lots of ways, really. So, where we would normally try and have um, a a real kind of homely environment, um, lots of our, um, some would say, clutter, some would say, um, nice little decorative bits have been taken down so that we can easily clean. So, our um, reception areas look a lot more stark than they probably have done before. Um, And also, we've got a few more rules and regulations that we need to follow to keep everybody safe. Um, so, you know, we've reduced the amount of visitors, we're um, working with our volunteer colleagues on the desk. Um, and the other thing I think that's really um, stark for me is the fact that we've got fewer people around. And that's really different for here. The the chat's still there, but it's different. So there are a lot more closed doors, empty offices. Um, but the people that are here are in really good spirits um, and you know keeping each other buoyed and going so yes it's changed but we're kind of making the best of it really in what is a really odd situation for all of us because you couldn't have predict well maybe you
0: could have kind of predicted a pandemic but you surely couldn't have predicted the way this
1: would pan out <laughs> I think um I think it has taken people by um by surprise. You know, I think it's a fact as well that that everybody is staying in and at home and our roads are quieter and you know our usual practices of of shopping and leisure have have really changed very very quickly and I think that's the the same with staff here. You know, actually you're getting used to changes at work and changes at home and people that you would normally see without a, without a blink, you've really got to think about now how you're going to keep in touch with people. And that's, that's really quite, quite hard.
0: Yeah. And that, you know, my mind is constantly with my colleagues, um, well, like your good self uh, who have to go to work, have to be there, uh, want to be there. um, Even though, you know, we're, we're all being told stay at home, don't go out. I just think it's remarkable you know, just within our charity at how much uh, compassion and kindness there is.
1: I I think you're very right. And I think it's also, um, I know how difficult it's been to have some of those conversations about some of our staff who are on furlough or some of those staff who um, have to work from home because they have underlying health issues. And actually, um, that brings all sorts um, into the front of people's minds when you're having to have those tricky conversations because actually you know people like to keep work and home very separate often um and this kind of brings lots of those ways of working and reminders in into the forefront so yeah it's not it's not been easy um but i think it's really important that we still as an organization can keep in touch with those people
0: do you know i i I have to say for me and and I'm a person with an underlying health issue, so I'm at home, but i'm thank goodness I'm able to continue working yeah uh, work has been a saving grace because I'm a firm believer in routine, and it's routine that has helped, plus I can only work day to day. I tried to look into the future, and I got quite scared, so I came back to the here and now yeah. um at work has been brilliant, but Though you know I'm able to talk to my colleagues, people like you, using systems like Skype or whatever, there is an element of loneliness. Yeah, because we're all team, we're pack people, aren't we?
1: Yeah, I think we are, and we, you know, you, you gravitate to people, and you know, you can't have that same contact. And you know, I've had conversations with with the nursing teams here, with you know, in the in the staff room, and. The very fact that, you know, you can't sit and hold somebody's hand in the same way or you can't give somebody a cuddle if they're feeling, you know, kind of under the weather. And, you know, people are very aware of that need to social distance. And, you know, it's very alien to what we do a lot of the time. And you're having to nurse in very different, different ways.
0: And that must be so hard, given the nature of the care that we offer, which is to people who are terminally ill, they're at the end of their lives, they're surrounded by people who are having to cope with their loved one being at the end of their life.
1: Yeah, and I I think also, you know, we're asking people to um, identify key visitors, so we're not having, um, you know, lots of people around to visit, so um, families have to um, think about that very carefully. Um, and also, you know, we want we want people to have discussions, and we want to make it as right as we can for the end of life for people, um, because actually, that's a lasting a lasting memory. And we're very aware that that might be very different for lots of people during this episode of, of coronavirus. So every day must be different. It is, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's as I say, it's much much quieter. You know the um the rules and the suggestions from from the government and from the world health organization around things like ppe and around best practice are changing the whole time i've just come off a call with our chief exec from Hospice uk with with i think you know upwards of 200 other hospices on the call you know and and people are asking questions all the time about funding about ongoing you know sustainability of organizations because people are, are worried and then There's the practicalities of things like PPE, you know, we're, you know, experiencing the same issues that our, you know, very frontline colleagues are in hospitals in that actually it's not easy for us to um, get the kit that we might need. So we're being very careful, we're risk assessing, we want people to be safe and we want our staff to be safe because actually they're what, you know, kind of keeps keeps us going and are able to provide that care.
0: It's just different priorities as well, yeah, isn't good. it?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it certainly is. I, I think, you know, um, we've, we've spent an awful lot of time, you know, trying to get equipment. Um, and it's it's been very difficult at times. But actually, we've had some fantastic support from our community. I, you know, I have a regular um, supplier now of people who are providing, you know, if they're making gin, they're making sanitizer from the gin or they're doing, you know, healers have been fab with they you know, kind of um, the byproducts of what they make. People are really being creative in how they're supporting the, the big effort, really, which is, which is wonderful.
0: I'm keeping a, a kindness register uh, for the charity. And, and, yeah. and what's great is it's, it's not just about, you know, the obvious things like hand sanitizer. Um, I, I keep thinking about the vending man who <laughs> came in and just presented you with yeah. a whole load of Diet yeah. Coke and some hula hoops. Yes, no,
1: absolutely, and, and that's been wonderful. You're never quite sure what's going to come through the door.
0: A lot of people don't want acknowledgement. No, no, that anonymous thing is a big thing, isn't it? It's just random acts of kindness, and yes. I've never seen so many Easter eggs. I mean, no, our key absolutely. workers must be growing by the minute.
1: Yeah, we've, we've distributed a lot of those out to local, um, local colleagues as well. So, um, yeah, absolutely.
0: You're listening to Two Old Chuffs, A Tale of Two Hospices. I'm Tamsin Thomas.
1: And I'm Gina Stones,
0: And we're just regrouping, really, after what's been an enormous jolt to the whole country, to the whole world. Um, So Gina and I haven't chatted on a podcast for a while, and it's so nice to sort of catch up and find out how we're both living, which is very differently at the moment. Uh, And... One of the things for me, Gina, that's been interesting is how our charity and our key workers have adapted services to try and keep going and to try and keep in touch with folk who we just can't risk being in contact with face to face right now.
1: Yeah, we've, we've had lots of those, um, I, I think because huge amounts of, in well, practically all of our work is always face to face um and you know you'll remember that we had a, a big push a couple of years ago to try and get our um services and support into that into the community to support more people to um be able to kind of share the service that we offer here actually in the buildings um and so we um i think that the teams have been really quite um quite quick and quite flexible with what they've offered so you know we are looking at how we can um support people that were perhaps you know going to our friendship cafes Through phone or video support, we've got um, our education team have put some education information online so that actually um, our colleagues who might have been coming for, you know, kind of routine education can can access some of that online. Um, And also, you know, things like, um, you know, our complementary therapy teams, physio teams have been offering online kind of tutorials, really, on how to kind of sit, move, breathe, massage you know all those things that we that we do and we know actually brings comfort to people. We're trying to think about how we can get those onto the system. So you know we've had great support from our um, our tech team, and we've been able to do a lot of that, which is really um, really quite impressive. Have you have you done the
0: self help relaxation sessions that are on our website?
1: I have oh, and, 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 and just it, does, it does feel quite strange when you're doing it on your own but actually um, it really is helpful and you very quickly I think you know feel the benefit of that it's it's lovely it,
0: it really is and it, it you don't have to be someone who would be coming to us as a patient I mean I yes. every couple of days I do one of the sessions in particular because uh, the, the the therapist's voice particularly yes. suits my ear and yes. it just brings me back down and lets me calm and chill out and i just think wow uh, yes. these are things that i hope we'll carry on doing that, that there must be we must have um legacies
1: that come out of this mustn't we i i think we will and i think it'll it'll change a lot of the ways um that that we work and i think you know, as an organisation, we were quite sceptical or, or scared, I'm not quite sure which is the word really, of things like Skype and Zoom and meetings at a distance, but actually they've become a real lifeline for us. And it's, it's really important to, you know, see people on screen rather than just pick up the phone and talk to one person to know that you've got, you know, kind of a group of people, you know, at the end of, of the screen line is it's really it's really good and I you know I think it will change how we work and I love the fact that
0: even where, where we're all working remotely and the, the people I work with are in their kitchens and um, there's still this collective enthusiasm and there's yeah. still people firing out ideas and you yeah. know jumping up and down and doing the things they would have done if we were all sat in one office together I I, I think that's a triumph just shows and, that we can do it.
1: interesting to see, you know, where people are and their backgrounds and their houses, which you'd never get to see? <laughs> yes. I have I, to say, does feed that little bit of nosy neighbour in me, really.
0: Yeah, well, I, I read an article uh, a while, uh, well, not that long ago, actually, um, because, as you know, I've been a remote worker for a while, and it said, just be very aware of what's behind <coughs> you when you're on a call. And every time I, I go to make a call, I look behind me, just to make just sure there's nothing sinister. Check, yeah, yeah. You, exactly. <laughs> And then, of course, there. I don't know how much you see, I know you're so frantically busy um, because our our services, are, our hospices are still open 24-7, but are you aware of what people in the wider charity are doing? I mean, have you seen the head of fundraising's haircut?
1: Yes, I have. I, I did sponsor our head of fundraising because actually, I think like all of us, um, you know, my fringe is getting a bit unruly and I was thinking, well, actually, yes, I'm overdue a haircut and I... Um, will happily put into um, Ollie's pot but his Mohican is particularly um, splendid I did see it in person when it came on the screen and it is quite you know quite quite impressive really yeah, it is and he's wearing it with
0: such pride so every time yeah. he comes up on the a Skype call I just giggle <laughs> yeah I'm not expecting that that's our um, very creative I thought and it was it was um uh, relatives of a patient we looked after uh, run a creative agency and they came up with the great um, spend on yes. care not air initiative yes. um, and now we're all signing up for uh, the next virtual fundraising event for for our charity uh, which is your marathon your pace
1: yes our chief executive just told me he signed up this morning
0: he has that's amazing yes. and yes. um I've I've signed. I've, I still laugh because I I keep telling people I've signed up to run a marathon. I never thought I'd say those words because I'm one year off a very big birthday. Are you? Yes, and I'll celebrate that one year off birthday during this four week period that you have to run this. Or you can, actually, you can walk or run or jog the the marathon. But I can't believe I'm saying it.
1: You are. So it's got to happen.
0: It's exactly. But but that's, I think, amazing as well, that it's not just the front line and the key workers there. It's the people who understand the need to try and bring the money in to keep our charity going are coming up with such amazing ideas.
1: Yeah, hugely important, isn't it, really? I think, you know, as we as we kind of get through this um, start to come out the other side, it's going to be so important to think about how we um, you know, get our business up and running again and we and we need that support. Um and you know, the people at Cornwall have been fantastic.
0: Yes, here, here, and long may they be so. Um so I've talked about my coping techniques like routine, uh like work, thank goodness, and going for a little run, um, and about, you know, not not looking too far into the future. Equally I've really controlled my news watching. I mean, yeah. I'm, I love news. I'm, I used to be a journalist, and I, I want to soak it up. But it actually st- started to scare me. I convinced mm-hmm. myself
1: that grim things were going to happen. What What are your coping techniques? Uh, well, I'm coming into um, I'm coming into Mount Edgecombe most days of the week. Um, so my kind of working routine is is pretty much the same, really. Although um, I don't wander around as much in the unit. And while I'm here, my um, colleague Ali has based herself down at St. Julia's. So we're kind of, you know, spreading the the work between us. Um, So my work routine is pretty much the same. But I've kind of, um, well, my husband particularly has, has got his greenhouse into action this time. So we're doing quite a bit of gardening um, and, and also you know kind of taxing our brains really with how we get rid of the grass that we've cut now that the tips are closed That's, that seems to take quite a lot of, fun, lots of Do you know
0: one fun. of the I, I am not a gardener and I can <laughs> last say that there's a reason why and that is that I run in my garden ah. it's not a big garden but we've never done anything to it so it's grass and then hedges around, and I've got a track that I've forged now a brown track around the garden but at least I don't have to go around flower beds or greenhouses or anything like that because I get dizzy enough as it is
1: and I I have to say I've I've used the time very much as um, a a bit of a kind of sorting out you know time as well so for when the shops do open I do have some significant contributions to make to um, our our hospice shops because actually um, it's been quite therapeutic going through cupboards and sorting out and, um, and you know thinking actually yeah I haven't used that for a while. Let's have a bit of a a bit of a fresh start, really.
0: Yeah, I'm doing the same and I think we've been saying to people, you know, if you have got stuff that, because I'm sure a lot of people are doing the same, keep it, hold on to it if you possibly can and we'll let you know when we can accept those donations again. They're going to be invaluable to us. Absolutely. Absolutely invaluable. Yeah. And in terms of, um, I always think it's important to look as best we can at positives, which is difficult when we're all in lockdown and, and still very worried by this. But I think it's important to acknowledge them. So at a minor level, in our in the road I live in, we've got a, a WhatsApp group. And yeah. it's fabulous because everyone keeps in touch and someone will say, I'm going to the chemist today. Can I pick up anything for anyone? Or, you know, hi, so and so, are you all right? We haven't seen you for a couple of days. Um, but in terms of Cornwall Hospice Care, what, what sort of
1: positives are you happy you'll be able to celebrate at the end of this? um i think for us it's um it's been a real achievement keeping our beds open at the same level that that we have so you know as i talked to you today we've kind of got um well 17 patients across both sites with another a couple of patients due in today so we're keeping those high bed numbers open which um is great to support our community colleagues and i think um another thing that's been hugely helpful and will be um uh, can't can't change really is that those actually you know those links that we've made with community colleagues so you know both both new contacts and existing but actually there's a lot i think when there's there's, a, there's something big like covid actually it takes away a lot of red tape it takes away a lot of process and it means that things can happen really quickly when you've got a group of Forward-thinking and like-minded people that want to make it better for those people who are likely to be undergoing a difficult time. And I guess one example that I'd share with you, which I think you're aware of, in, that we, we've talked about before, is the Cornwall Bereavement Network, the network that was set up in, in January. Um, and, you know, we've been able to actually get a, a phone line together from our community services team here so we can kind of triage and... Um, forward those calls on to the right people, which is fantastic for the people of Cornwall because it means that they have a clear number that they ring and we can help to direct them to the right place, which actually was up and running in probably less than a week, um, which is unheard of, really. So, you know, thanks to those people that have been able to help get that going. But, you know, you can't do that on your own. You need... You need people to be able to support that, and certainly um, the bereavement network, which is I think they have 85 plus organisations as part of that network. You know, really saw the need and wanted to do um, what what best they could to support their their patients and clients in the community. And so, really, um, you know, I think that will be a huge help. So that's just one example, really, of something that I think will go on into the future and you know, will help us as an organisation be, be part of that bigger picture.
0: And I'm really, really pleased about that because collaboration is such a, an important thing. And, you know, more and more, I think, collaboration will become important to everyone beyond uh, what's happening to us all now. And and for me, the, the other thing is um, this is a difficult time, not just if you become bereaved as part of this and it, that must be harrowing, But actually, that time where you're at home, I I, I lost my dad in November. I've thought about him more and not not been upset, but got a bit tearful about him in this period. Maybe because death is talked about more, or maybe I've just got time to reflect. Um, I'm jolly grateful that he's not alive to see this, because for an elderly gentleman, it would have been horrifically worrying. But uh, I do think bereavement... On a much wider scale, will, will be something everyone will feel.
1: I, I think it is, and and you know, actually, you're you know, you're right. You were talking earlier about the amount of news that there is and how frequently those um, figures around around death are re- repeated. And whilst you know, we spent a long time trying to get people to um, think and talk with families about how to prepare for end of life. Actually, there there is an awful lot of talk at the moment about um, about those death figures, and really it's about kind of remembering that actually there is a a lot of death that happens across the country anyway, um, and that the numbers that we're seeing you know kind of include include those deaths, but it's just that it's I think it, you're right it's just in our forefront and it does make you think it makes you think very much about, you know, people that may be distant or that, you know, are having to self-isolate on their own. Or, um, and people are very vulnerable. Yes, vulnerable. Yes. yes. But there are, lots of, there are lots of places where people can go for help. And I think it's really important that it's not just about using the machine, you know, using the websites. It's about telephone calls and being able to speak to somebody. And, you know, as I say, we're very lucky in Cornwall that actually we have lots of local support. Um, available to be able to do that
0: and I still feel we've got a neighbourly approach in Cornwall um, yeah. it, it, we do seem to look after or keep in touch with each other don't we yeah, yeah no we do I think you're right which is great. Well, I'm so glad that you're well. I'm delighted that gardening has come back into your life. <laughs> For me, I'm st- I am trying to revive my very poor piano skills. Are And my neighbour will tell you that if he hears me playing Jingle Bells once more, on yes. a piano that's desperately out of tune, um, because it's an old upright that came from a pub in the east end of of London. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I've driven a few people batty, and I haven't even started on my cornet practice,
1: so.
0: ah. <laughs> ah, there we are that's, that's the day. Late, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I keep threatening to take it and play it on thursday when the when the clap for care has happened do it. i can not yes, I can't do, I can't do a tune yet, or at least I can do one, but it's not brilliant, and I suffer from nerves, so that always spoils it but. Never mind. Gina, it's been lovely to speak to you. Um, We will speak again, no doubt, I'm sure. You're listening to Two Old Chuffs, A Tale of Two Hospices.